0: Hello, welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good day, good morning, wherever you are. How are you? I should be saying Happy New Year, actually, because I think this is my first live recording in 2020. And if I'm wrong, then my bad, you know, I'm human. But I'm so excited to come on here, just hop on here this afternoon, this beautiful Friday afternoon in san antonio coming at y'all with my message so my message this afternoon is tune in and talk and really i should be calling it lean in and talk because ultimately that's what i want you all to do if you're a parent and you're listening to me you're a school teacher a friend an uncle a cousin a neighbor anyone who has anybody who's hurting I need you to do me a huge favor today. I need you to lean in and talk to your family member. Talk to that person who's hurting. Talk to them. So unless you're living under a rock, if you know anything about social media, you know that in the last week we had the little nine-year-old Australian boy whose story made the news because he was being bullied like crazy by his classmates at school and he was crying. And I went off, y'all. I went off that night because I got tagged like eight times on social media, on Facebook specifically. I went off. I, was, I went crazy because I could not handle the fact that yours and my kids are bullies and we are bullying other kids. And it's like, looks like at least no one is doing anything about it. So, honey, I went off. I went off because I'm tired of people tagging me and no one else taking responsibility. To, oh, let's push it to Dr. Lulu. She's going to take care of it. She's going to um, speak about it. And then, and then what? I'm just a tree. I cannot make a forest. So, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're all going to join forces. So help me, God. So if you don't live in San Antonio, let me, have, let me tell you something. In the last... Well, since November of 2019, we've had a total of five youth suicides in San Antonio only. So I almost feel like the more I'm trying to get the word out there, the more the suicides are happening. All of these kids, all five boys, all five young men are aged from 12 years to 20 years of age. Aged between 12 and 20. Young men whose lives have been cut short a couple of them were bullied that we know for sure. A couple of them struggled with some degree of mental illness or mental anguish or the other. And one or two of them, we don't even really know. The mom of one of them told me that she has no idea what happened what caused it so of course neither do I right but the thing is all these women are hurting, and we need to be there for them we need to lean in and talk to them we need to talk to our kids we need to talk to our friends our neighbors our neighbors kids anyone you see that looks like they're suffering a lot of times the eyes cannot the eyes cannot lie the eyes cannot lie but if you're if you're able to tune in to someone's energy, you will know based on their eyes if they're telling you the truth or not. It's as simple as that. So in this episode that's going to precede my 51st birthday, I'm actually having second thoughts. I'm not sure if I should release this episode on the week of my birthday. I think I'm going to do that. My birthday is March 11th, So, and I'm recording this on the 28th of February. So I think I'm going to release this on the week of my birthday. Okay, I think I'm going to do that. So on this episode that's going to that's going to come out on the week of my birthday, I want to ask you all to please join me in helping to make a difference in the world, helping to change lives. I am reading the audio version. At least I'm listening to the audio version of Think and Grow Reach. And let me tell you something. Oh my goodness. The book is all about mindset Mindset changes, just the way your thoughts, the voices in your head, the one you call names, how they are originally actually your thoughts and how they can control you, how they can be the beginning and the end of you, how they can help you either live or die, how they can help you perish or not perish. I am telling you, I am having a ball reading that book and just listening to this mind this man's words and no wonder the book is such a hot I' mean a hot article and just an ultimate bestseller of all time if you've never read the book think and Grow Rich* by I don't know the, the man's name but just type the name of the book and it will come up Neil something I don't know what but it will come up read it grab a copy today grab a copy today but I digress today I just want us to talk about leaning in. Just learning how to lean in. It's a it's a body posture, but it's also a posture of I care, a posture of I'm listening, a posture of I'm here to help. All of that, you know, rolled up into one. And one one thing I've noticed with my own patients that come to my practice, if you don't know yet, I own a direct primary care practice here in San Antonio, Texas. And I literally only minister to traumatized teenagers and teenagers who've been through a lot, those people who are having a hard time communicating with their parents and such. So those are the ones that come to see me in the office. And oh my goodness, I'm so thankful that they have been teaching me a lot of things that I would have never learned, even in medical school. Yes, it is hard sometimes. (laughs) I break down sometimes, I cry with them sometimes, but I'm thankful for the most part that I am there because many of these kids will have had no one I'm telling you, I had a little girl the other day whose case was kind of unique because her mom brought her because um, she said the little girl ran away and she wanted me to help fix her. And the little girl, of course, she, her mom was like, oh, I work two jobs and I provide for, the, for them and she has no reason to do this. This is so selfish and all of that. And then the little girl was like, I miss my mom. That's all she said. She said, I miss my mom. My mom works long hours and every time, as soon as she walks in the door, beginning from when she walks in the door until she goes to bed, she is yelling at us. That's what the little girl said. She is yelling at us and so home became a very hostile environment for the little girl. And what did she do? She ran away. So sometimes I want you to lean in and tune into the, 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 the right station and the right channel of your your kid that your kid is in. There's no magic here. Honestly, Doctor Lulu doesn't have any fancy magic. I just tune in to the child's channel. First of all, it helps that I spend one hour in my practice. I spend one whole hour with each patient, so I'm able to peel the layers deeper than most people can even think about, and I love that, but also i you know it's the patients have this my cell phone number it's a very unique practice. My strategy is the patients have easy access to me easier than they're relatives, if, if you could even say that. And thankfully, my patients have been texting me. They've been calling me. I had a little kid call me the other day. He was actively so suicidal and actually had fresh rope marks on his neck when he came to see me within an hour of his phone call. So I don't know what to say. I love what I'm doing. But, you know, I'm only one person Parents, the onus is on you. I mean, you know what do you want from me? The onus is on you, of course it's on you you're you're the child's first teachers you're the you're the child's first everything everything that the child learned they learned from you, so you're it you're it and um yes, you can bring your kids to dr lulu, but i don't I'm not at home with the kids for the rest of the twenty three hours that they're not in my office yes, I'm virtually accept um available to them but i'm not I'm not um I'm not at home. The good news, however, is the more I work with my patients' parents, the better my patients get. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that most of my patients' parents are tuning in to my dial on the station. They are listening to me. They care. They are concerned about their kids. And I don't give them a chance, actually. I don't give them a chance. For the ones that are you know able to come to see me in the office with their with their children i do not give them a break i mean i Pile up homework for them. I let the kids usually kind of lead the way in, in the, in, in the visits, but I pile up homework and I make sure that the parents are accountable as much as the kids are accountable. And I, and I enjoy doing that, but I want you all as extensions of me, as extensions of your doctors, as extensions of your psychologists and your therapists and the psychiatrists out there. I want you parents to please Tune in, lean in to your kids and tune in to their same channel. It makes a huge difference. And for instance, let's talk about just a simple fact that parents yell at their kids. A couple of weeks ago, my question of the day on Facebook was, do you yell at your kids? Does it? I mean, if so, why? And does it work? I can't tell you how many comments I got. I can't tell you over 100 comments on each of the groups that I posted the question, they were all very happy and very proud to announce that they yell at their kids. I mean, you know, it was good to know that a lot of people yell, and I am a recovering yeller, if there's such a thing. But it's also, one thing I want to say is, smart people learn from their mistakes, but smarter people learn from other people's mistakes. And I'm here to tell you that yelling at your kids is not a good thing. This little girl was just a classic example. But imagine... I usually use the example of a a four-year-old boy who walks into his mom's bedroom and sees her Tiffany lamp. Now, while in his mom's mind, it is a Tiffany lamp, in his mind, it's just a, a toy, a, a colorful toy that he's been trying to grab, right? And finally, his mom is not there, nowhere to be seen. So he grabs the lamp and it's maybe a bit too heavy for him or whatever. He's like, oh, let me see what's going to happen if I hit it on the ground. And he hits it on the ground and it breaks into tiny little pieces. And of course, the mom walks in because she hears the sound of the of the mirror, of the whatever, the lamp that's that smashed she heard the sound and then she comes in and then of course the boy is also crying because his toy is broken or maybe he got startled or you know something so the mom comes in and what do you think is the first thing the mom is going to do you tell me every mother in the world or every father in the world will yell at that kid so here's the problem the problem is the boy is already crying his feelings are already hurt because the lamp got broken and then you come and you start yelling at him because you have forgotten that you played a role in this particular incident happening. Number one, you have never, probably never set the rules of engagement out for him. You never told him that, look, this is a Tiffany this is a Tiffany lamp and you're not allowed to play with it. We're going to assume that most kids, for the most part, when you give them instructions, they listen to you. So you've never really told the, the child, this is a Tiffany lamp, it's not a toy. Or you did not lock the door to prevent him from coming in. Or you were on your phone somewhere and he wandered away. I don't know. The point is he never was given proper instructions when it comes to boundaries. So he went into your bedroom because he's tall enough to get to the handles, right? And then he plays with the toy and he breaks it. You walk in and you start screaming. So right away, you're hurting his feelings again. That's one. And number two Remember that the child looks at the parents as their number one love, their number one teacher, the safety net, the person that loves them the most. And yet this person is yelling and screaming at them. So now in the child's four-year-old mind, do you think he sees himself as, oh, I've done something bad and, oh, I need to be punished? Or does he see himself as, oh, this woman that says she loves me, that cooks for me or whatever, why would she be yelling at me like this? I mean, I want you all to put yourself in the mind of the four-year-old and see that you're obviously not tuned in. You're not leaning into to where he or she is coming from. That is why you feel the need to yell and just go bonkers. And yelling, believe it or not, <laughs> is so bad for your body that it actually makes your body, you the yeller, go into a flight, fright, or fight mode. Imagine you're doing that for your child. So needless to say, that's a little taste of my Parenting Without Yelling class that I just gave you guys for free. So to get the rest of that, you need to holler at your girl, www.teenalive.com slash courses. So teenalive.com forward slash courses. And then you can get the rest of that. Um, But other than that, the main thing is I want you all to learn how to tune in or lean in to your kids, and then, of course, talk to them. Specifically talking about teenagers here, I want you all to know that sometimes it's okay to bargain with a teenager. Sometimes it's okay to pick your battles as the parent. Because once upon a time, you were a teenager as well. And I know that if I talk to your mother today, She's not going to tell me about how good a teenager you are. There is um, a joke about a guy that came home from work and sat down and was drinking his tea or whatever, and then his son brings him a report card. And right away, the guy looks at the the results and starts screaming and yelling and screaming and yelling and saying how no one in this family has ever gotten bad grades. This is terrible. This is terrible. Oh, my goodness. What am I sending you to school to do? Why do you keep doing this? Well, guess what? It was his old report card that his son had found. And he was trying to tell him, Dad, it's not my report card. It's your old report card. But just so you see what I'm talking about. Oh, my goodness. Like, we need to just do better. We need to take a deep breath sometimes and not get so overtaken by the same people that we love so much. And we are supposed to be their protectors. I know if you're listening to me right now, you never want someone to yell at your kid, but you do it. Unfortunately, there are parents amongst us who are actually proud to announce that they do that. So, you know, this is not a judgment thing, but just, just check yourself because we're having a lot of kids presenting to the doctor's offices, to the, to the school with anxiety, and we're all wondering, why are the kids anxious? Why are the kids anxious? Well, why are the kids not going to be anxious? Home is stressful, school is stressful, the school bus is stressful, the playground is stressful, everywhere is stressful and yet we want them to just be going around like business as usual. I mean, we need to stop and check ourselves. We need to. For instance, that nine-year-old Australian boy who was bullied and everyone watched him crying on social media, can you believe that they are actually people propagating a rumor that he was fake? I am a mother. I looked that boy in the eye. I saw the pain in his eye. How dare somebody actually have the nerve to say that it was fake? Like, what is wrong with us? A little nine-year-old boy asking his mother to give him a knife to stab himself so he could kill himself and then go to school and kill the other kids He's nine years old. And yet people are saying that it is fake. And tomorrow, if and when, heaven forbid, he does kill himself, they'll start sending thoughts and prayers. I mean, at one point we have to just stop and smell the burning bush. Like this is not stuff that we can make up. This is real. So I'm asking you all to please, please, please lean in and tune in to the same channel that your kids are in. If your child comes back from school, take a moment from your cell phone and connect with the child as them how school was, go for a walk with them and going to dinner and sitting on the dinner table and still on your phone does not work. I saw a post on Facebook the other day that I actually put on my page that said a school in Australia, a private school, was taking iPads away. And I thought that was neat. And a lot of people, a lot of comments, people were in support. While I want them to not necessarily take the entire ipad away but i do want them to have a balance i'm old school i went to school when they had real chalkboards when we had real paper books so i'm okay with that i know that technology has its parts but you know we can't in one on one end we're complaining that kids are being bullied through the ipads and the cell phones and the other end was like we're giving them the ipads and the cell phones anyway so we have to Put a limit to it. And and there was another post on Facebook that I put on two days ago that said, Parents, you have to come between your kids and their cell phone. I love that. You have to come between your kids and their cell phone. It's as simple as that. But you need to come in a good way. You need to start by having rules of engagement. What age do you give your kids their cell phone? When you give it to them, do they have curfew? Is there a deadline? Can you take your child's cell phone and just damn the consequences? Can you do that? A lot of people are afraid of doing stuff so that they don't hurt their kids' feelings. What I do is I give them a, I give them two options and I discuss it with them at a, with a level-headed voice. I say, dude, let me have your phone so you can go and do such and such. When you're done with such and such, you can have your phone back. Simple. That's it. I don't have to argue. I don't have to raise my voice. My kids know that when I say I pretty much mean it because I have been known to smash a phone or two. I have. So it is what it is. So tune into your child's channel, tune into the child's radio frequency, and know exactly what's going on with them. Lean in. Be accessible. Go with your heart. Be present. Be intentional. Be mindful about your parenting. It's, I know you want to say it's easier said than done. It's actually not that hard because it's when the child was a, a toddler, when the child was. Crawling when the child was five or four, you had no trouble giving them love. Now, suddenly they are 14, 15. It's a different kind of love, true. But remember when you were a teenager, what did you want the most from your parents? It was validation. It was valley-freaking-dation. So your teenagers are not any different. Same old, same old. They want their parents to love on them. They want their parents to show them love and understanding and to some degree, you Know, have sometimes you want to bargain with them, and it's okay in the grand scheme of things. Does it really matter if it doesn't? Then let it go. When you were a teenager, you know that one day you want to get yellow hair, the next day you want a blue hair, and you know, and it's next day when Susan doesn't want it anymore, you don't want it anymore, and that's okay. I say within reason, that's what I say within reason. So Lean in, tune in and talk to your kids. Talk, 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 talk until you're blue in the face. Because when you leave the door open for your kids to be able to talk to you about the nonsense things, then when there are problems going on, they can come and talk to you about those things as well. It's not magic. When a kid doesn't want to talk to their parents, there's a reason why. If you set the stones and set the table right, they will come and talk to you about anything. Yes, of course, they are learning their individuality. They are teenagers. You know, it's about their peers. Es verdad. Pero you need to leave the door open. And you can't leave the door open by yelling at them at every chance that you get. I tell people that my favorite seven minutes of my day now is the seven minutes that I ride to school with with my baby son. He's driving now, so I ride shotgun. And so we just go to school and don't you know, no matter what I'm doing, that is my best seven minutes of the day because he's talking about anything or nothing or we're just enjoying each other's silence and, we're, and I'm tickling him and I'm ruffling his hair up and I rub his cream on his face, things I would have never done if I hadn't quit my job a, few, a couple of years ago, started working from home, you know, and just changing my whole concept about parenting. That your child is actually, your child. I mean, that's it. There's no other way to put it. While you're working on parenting, they're working on childing, but you're the adult. You're the adult. On Saturday last, I got, I can't even say how many comments on my question of the day. It was about black, I'm not black. It was about an absentee father. Oh my goodness. Everybody and their mamas were making a comment about it, which is fine, but then, some people thought, okay, I was talking about black father. I I wasn't talking about anybody's father. It's just an absentee dad and their adult child who now doesn't want to have anything to do with them. How do you counsel them? The truth is that you don't. They're adults. You you, you tell them what you can, but that's it. You can't force them, just like you can't force your neighbor or your coworker or your sister, who is also an adult. The reason the child is not wanting to be associated with their father is usually Brick's have been laid way when the child was a child and the adult was an adult and the adult made the decisions to not be in the child's life then. So you don't come now, walls in now because quote unquote, like one of the moms said, child support time is over. So now you want to come and flex your fatherly mother's muscles. No, I don't think so. No, if you don't make the bed, you don't get a chance to lay on it. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So he who has ears, let him hear. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. But don't be walls in when the child's an adult. All of a sudden you want to be all up in their lives. No, you have not made the right bed to be able to claim that for yourself. And it's as simple as that. And that's all I have to say about that. So yeah, I totally agree with those who say the daddy cannot walls in. Or mother, whichever parent cannot walls in when they're adults and just suddenly want to be in their lives. No, you're like a stranger to them at this point. If you don't tune in or lean in to them when they were children and lay the bricks, do you know the amount of trauma? Do you know what it takes to be able to live past the feeling of abandonment as a child? I did not live through that, but I can imagine what it's like because I watched my kids live through that. I know the power of someone feeling abandoned and feeling lonely and feeling ostracized by their own flesh and blood. So you don't roll up in here trying to be all of that. No, you can't. I'm sorry. That is traumatic for the kid. And you need to go to all kinds of therapy to fix yourself for thinking that it was okay to abandon your kids when they were young already to begin with before coming to help to even re-traumatize the child, which some of the parents mentioned that some of the dads came in and then left again and came in and then left again. You can't keep doing that. Trauma is real. Generational trauma is real. All kinds of trauma is real. You can't do that. It's as simple as that. So I'm saying that these kids have been traumatized and we have no right to say, oh, don't throw the prayer rug at them. And that's what I told a couple of the moms. Don't throw the prayer rug at the child who's been dealing with abandonment issues. Don't throw the the God rug at them. That's not fair. That is not fair because you have not lived. And even if you have, then you know better. The child has already been traumatized and it's for them to forgive. That is true, but they don't have to forget if they don't want to. Yes, forgiveness is about the person forgiving, but you have not lived through their own trauma. Everyone, you know, goes through trauma differently and and of course they interpret the trauma differently. So you can't roll up in here and say, oh, they need to pray and all that. No, that's not fair because... What about the adult who was an adult when the child was a child? What did you? What did they do? What's their role? Or they are dying now, so now they want their child in. And I mean, that's using the child all over again. That's not fair. So what I'm saying, parents, please lay down the right bricks now while you can, so you can come back and reap the fruits of your labor later on. If your child is hurting, you need to lean in and talk to your child. Ask them the tough questions. Ask them, are they trying to hurt themselves? Are you a good role model? Are you there raising the kid right to begin with? And someone mentioned on my on my page, he said, sitting in the living room on your cell phone and your child on a cell phone is not quality time. And I thought that was funny, but it's true. And I'm guilty of that, you know. But what I like, though, is when we sit down and both of us are on our devices, we do share you know, little, little things, I don't know, just random stuff, we do share those. And we share giggle, we share a you know, scream, a yell here and there, and it's fun. A, f- a fun yell, not a yell as in angry yell, but just a fun yelling. So it's fun, and I and I like it. And so that's kind of all I had today. Um, if you don't know me yet, my name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. I'm a best-selling author, times two. My two books are available on my website, www.teenalive.com. Slash books. If you want an autographed version, I mean, an autographed copy. Otherwise, you can get it on Amazon easy. And right now, I'm trying to get it onto um Ingram Spark, so it's going to be on Ingram Spark before long. So we can get it into other places like Barnes and Nobles and Co. So I'm excited. I'm excited. And um, so yeah, this is what I wanted to say today. Thank you so much for always joining me every week. Next week we have oh my goodness. Someone very, very, very near and dear to my heart. He's a male, he's black, and he is 21. And that's all I can say for now. So until next week, this is Dr. Lulu. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Signing out. Bye.